Hey there, listeners. Thanks for stopping by to the podcast today. Please, before you're done listening to this episode, leave us a review. If you're on Spotify, you can review now, and you can also review on Apple Podcasts. But if there's any platforms that I'm forgetting about and you can leave us a review, please do so. If you're happening to watch us on YouTube, and if you don't know, you can watch these podcasts on YouTube now, uh, please like and subscribe to the channel and share the episode as well. So thanks for stopping by, everybody, and enjoy the episode. Knowledge is Power is where you come to hear people's life experiences to learn from. So without further ado, let's roll the intro. Stay hungry, stay foolish. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. I have a dream. We one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Hello and welcome back to the Knowledge is Power podcast. This is your host, Max Willett. And we got a couple great guests on today. So if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself, that would be great. So why don't we start off with you, Amanda? All right. Thanks, Max. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Amanda Zariello, and I am a physical therapist, and I'm an owner of Restore Physical Therapy. Um, it's a private practice physical therapy clinic in Cranston, Rhode Island. And we help people get out of pain, move better, get back to their activities that they love. Um, yeah, just a little brief description. <laughs> Great. Yeah, and a returning guest on the podcast. You- Hi, I'm Jennifer McNeil. I am the owner of Now We're Talking in Dover, New Hampshire. We are a speech and language therapy center. Um, in addition, we provide reading and writing support to students. Specifically, we work with kids who have a known history of language-based learning disabilities, and um, I have an absolute passion for it and love it. So thanks for having me here today, Max. No problem. Yeah, you definitely have to have a passion to to work with kids. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy day to come on the podcast. Um, So let me give you guys a little backstory here. Uh, Basically, Amanda had approached me and said, you know, you you just had another child and said you wanted to come on and talk about what it's like being a mom and an entrepreneur. I'm like, that's great. I'm not a mom. I am an entrepreneur, but I have no idea what it's like raising kids. So I'm like, I'm way out of my depth here. Uh, So Jennifer McNeil is actually my aunt for everybody listening. One of the best, if not the best, I'm not going to start anything here, Um, but uh... (laughs) I'm lucky. Um, Yeah. Well, I am too. So um, I thought that she would be a perfect fit to come on. So you guys can sort of talk about your different life experiences and this being a life experience podcast and Amanda being a guest before, as I've previously mentioned, if you guys want to learn a lot more about her business, you guys got to go back and listen to episode four of the podcast. But uh, before we really get started, I think, I, want, I mean, if you could just talk about, uh, Jen, if you could just talk about your life story, I think that would be great. So I, I love to talk about that. So why don't we get into that and then okay. we can get into the topic at hand. Sure. Um, which part of my life story, Max, is pretty uh, detailed. Let, let, well, Be, we got some the, time, the family so. business. Sure, right. whatever, so, whatever you want to do. Sure. So, born and raised in Dover, New Hampshire, I have family that go 
for those who don't know, Dover is one of the oldest settlements in the United States. And my family goes back here hundreds of years. So I'm pretty fortunate to raise my children in a place where I have roots and where I, I know the community. Um, my family's really involved in the community. My uh, family owns a business here in town. We employ a good number of people. Um, it's a business that my dad started in the garage of our home and through the years has evolved into um, a pretty large corporation here in New Hampshire. And we have other facilities in other parts of the country. Um, so that really gave me insight into what it is to start a business and, and what you have to sacrifice to do that. I watched my dad work, you know, around the clock. Um, I think by the time I was in sixth grade, I was typing his invoices for him. And really that commitment to building something, um, particularly the lesson that, that he bestowed to us was don't take on debt. Um, don't take a loan to start your business if you can if you can avoid it. Obviously, that's not something everybody can do. And that really stuck with me because raising my own children here in Dover, um, as a speech pathologist, you know, I'm a people person. I love children. Being a mom was something that was really important to me. So I started out working in the school systems, and I even reduced my schedule to three hours a week when I had my first child. And I was fortunate that the school wanted to keep me there for three hours a week. And I knew that for me, um, there had to be a balance between raising my children and doing something that was fulfilling in its own right. Um, it, and over the years, what sort of happened was I had some amazing opportunities to work in the top facilities here in New Hampshire. And I developed this passion for language-based learning disabilities and you know, I went back and had those hard conversations with my dad. You know, how do I how do I do this? How do I break out and and do this on my own? I, I was, you know, gainfully employed, making uh, a pretty decent paycheck, and to walk away from that was scary. And you know, he sat down in day one and he said, "Passion's great, but a business plan is paramount." And so I had that benefit of having somebody in my back corner walk me through it, go through all of those different scenarios, um, and then sort of just as an aside, the other piece for me is, you know, as a mother of two kids who are in college, one being 20, 21 and a 19 year old, I still have a 13 year old at home and an amazing husband who's supportive. Um, I'm a cancer survivor. And, and that's another big piece of my puzzle is that having cancer, at, at, I, I came down with cancer in college and it, my diagnosis was grim to say the best, to say the least. Um, and I am very fortunate that I was part of a clinical trial that saved my life. And a lot of people don't see that side of me or know that side of me now, but I have this incredible value for every day um, that I've been gifted here. I have an incredible value for my children, but that also translates into my family and my community. So in opening my practice, it was very important to me that no one ever be turned away. So we don't take insurance. However, we do a ton of pro bono work. And part of the work that we did was we stayed open through COVID. The students I work with are students who were not appropriate to be at home and navigating remote learning, void from social interaction. My students need social interaction. And we were able to keep our clinic open um, at little to no cost to families. I had school districts who referred students that just needed a place and we served those kids at no cost. And, and so for me, there is this balance, like I do, I want to be successful. I want, you know, to make money, um, that's important. But I've also 
been privileged just through my background to figure out that balance. Like where, where, where does everything fit in? How do I run down to see my daughter play field hockey in college when that's what my heart is telling me to do? And, you know, when do I say to my kids tonight, I can't be home to be mom because I have a student in crisis. And then 2 a.m. I'm running my payroll. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a complicated life and it, it's, it's not an easy one, but I'm so fortunate, you know, that it's been my journey. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, yeah. Just an amazing story. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great starting point to get into our next topic, which is like Amanda had stated before, you know, being an entrepreneur and a mom. So Amanda, if you want to just sort of get the conversation rolling and sort mm -hmm. of how you started dealing with that with your first child, I think that would be a, a great starting point. Sure. Um, well, I just, you know, I want to just, before I do that, I just want to like comment on like a couple of things that I can like resonate with, with, with Jen's uh, okay. story, if that's okay. Um, you know, so opening up your business, right. We had a passion to, to doing something to serve others. So I, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying. That's, that's kind of how I started restore physical therapy too. Um, and it's definitely complicated, you know, it, it, I think I reached out to a lot of resources too. Like, you know, you said that you grew up in a business, um, your family had a, has a business that so you had your father to look up to. And, and I think that's important for anyone that wants to start a business is who do you know, who's done it? Like who can help yeah. you get as much free information as you can. Um, and also just trying to start with um, like no debt or as little overhead as possible. And, and I, I did some of that as well. And that, I think that's helps, you know, get us fresh start and success. So um, yeah, I guess that's just for the listeners out there who are thinking yeah. of starting something on their own, you know, that's important um, advice to have. And so, um, yeah, so I started my practice in 2018. Um, I got married that year. And what kind of led me to that was I was a manager of another outpatient clinic and I was seeing 20 patients a week, uh, a day rather, I'm sorry, 20 patients a day. And just, you know, you're exhausted, you're burnt out. And I had profit sharing at this time. So it was like, oh, you know, the more patients I see, the more money I make. But I was like, this is not why I started. That's not why I became a physical therapist. You know, I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to give them that time. And so my husband owns a gym and I everything just aligned out. People were like, you need to start your own business, start your own practice. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. So I, I opened up a small clinic in my husband's gym. He had the space. It was his office. So I kicked him out and made it a PT clinic. And in um, 2020, the world shut down with COVID. So I was like, oh, and I was pregnant with my first child. So I was like, oh my God, like, I'm, how am I going to like, my husband had to close the gym. They closed all the gyms for whatever reason. The gyms were the things that never got to open up during COVID. So it was kind of scary. We had our first baby arriving September, 2020. I did have a full-time employee. So I was like praying I was still going to be able to, you know, afford him. And it did work out. We, you know, we survived that year with baby number one. Um, and you know, the thing about being a mom and a business owner, I couldn't imagine going back to work 40 hours a week 
in 12 weeks. You know, like you're so exhausted. You're not sleeping. First baby, you don't know what you're doing. It's, there's just a lot of emotions. So going back zero to a hundred in 12 weeks, I just, I don't know how mothers do it. Um, I'm so grateful that I set myself up so I could choose how frequently I wanted to go back. So I eased into it. Um, I went back early, but I went back like, you know, five hours a week. Like it gave me some it reminded me of who I am. It took me out of my routine of just being at home with the kids all, all day. And I was easing into it, you know, and I, and I think that's how it should be for other mothers. We should have a year, but be able to slowly ease back into it. And, you know, it's, it's hard, but you have to prepare and you have to set up a plan and get the support you need, you know, whether it's family, I'm grateful to have a lot of family to help me out. Um, daycare is expensive, you know, so it's, it's definitely a struggle and it, and it's hard too. I think being a business owner, you learn to budget because you have to deal with finances in a different way. So you just kind of figure things out. How can we afford for me to stay home and, and do this for, you know, as long as we can. And, you know, the mental load, I guess, of being a mother, it's like the kids take half your brain and the business is the other side and then everything else. And then where does that leave you? Um, so I don't know, I, I guess we could talk to like the challenges of like just, being a mom and running a business and how we do it all. <laughs> it's a challenge. There's no doubt. And how old are your kids, Amanda? I have a two and a half year old and a four month old. So I'm, I'm fresh. Wow, and so you're in the thick of it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the thick of it. You know, last night I got up once, which was great. I only got up once, you know, <laughs> like that was a good night's sleep for me, but just like the fatigue in the beginning, it's just, it's hard. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. No, it great. is. Um, oh. No, sorry. sorry go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I think it's true though. Like, in as they get older, the challenges change, right? Right. So you go from you trade off one thing for another. You eventually get sleep, um, but then you do something dumb like I just did. I bought a pu puppy yesterday. Um, <laughs> so I didn't buy. It. I adopted baby. a puppy yesterday. Yeah, a new baby. And like here we yeah. go. Now I'm tired in every way, but. It's just that idea that um, you can't separate the two, right? It's both both pieces. Bax is laughing when I just told him I got a dog. Um, <laughs> it, you can't you can't separate the two because your business is going to grow and change, and your kids are going to grow and change. And there's no roadmap for that, so you have to learn to be, you know, simul to simultaneously juggle both things and be flexible. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I don't know about you, but my husband. I always say, I'm like, all right, I need you to know, right? Or I'll say, sometimes I'll say, if I die, you have to do this thing. And he's like, that's a morbid way for you to I look know. at things. I but I'm like, but I hold this all in my head and I know that you don't. Yeah. So. And yeah, the, you know, the, your relationship with your husband changes after one baby, it changes after two. I'm going through that right now. And, you know, luckily we have a great relationship where we can laugh about the times we're yelling at each other in the middle of the night because we're exhausted. Um, but yeah, communication, right? I think that is like the key in like success is like how you communicate with Absolutely. with people in your life, with um, yourself, um, and just I think having tools. You know, we're both in the health and wellness mm -hmm. field, so um, trying to practice what we preach. A lot of people come to me with pain that's associated with like stress. You know, the stress in their body comes out in pain, so 
just like your mental load of always thinking comes out in our body physically. So just having tools to like take deep breaths in between one task to the next. Like, you know, yesterday I sat in my car outside of work for like 20 minutes and I was just like, all right, I'm just going to sit here in quiet for 20 minutes. The sun is shining. I'm going to take some deep breaths before I start my next job. <laughs> you know, my morning job, getting the kids off to, to wherever. And then the second job of being a physical therapist. So it's just tools to kind of slow down a little bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so I, you know I know that. I'm way out of my depth here, but I just think about relating it back to being an entrepreneur, right? And because of that, you're able to do the things you want to do with your kids and, and your life, right? And it and if your goal isn't money, if your goal is money, you're not going to be successful. If your goal is to just be passionate and love what you do, success will just come, you know? So hearing both of you talk about that, you know, going back a little bit, you know, passion is where success starts, right? And I just wanted to plug that in there and relate it back to sort of you know, why you become an entrepreneur to begin with is not financial success. It's just being passionate and getting up and not dreading what you do every day. You know what I mean? So yeah, sorry. If you guys want to continue on, I just wanted to touch upon that real fast. Max, I'll, I'll piggyback on that, on what you both just said. When I tell you I love what I do, I mean, I love what I do. And prior to opening my own business, I would drive into the parking lot and sit in the car and breathe because I started to want to, I wanted to cry before I walked into work. The, the morale of the staff was down, the quality of the work with the kids, which had been phenomenal for years. There were factors put in place that I could no longer do the things I had set out to do. And that's when I realized it's not about the paycheck that I'm making here. It's about getting back to the passion and wanting to walk through the door of where I work every day. And, and that was the catalyst to finally say, you know, walk away from the paycheck, walk away from the security of what I knew and to take the leap to do it on my own. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's so scary to do it. You know, when I, when I first opened, um, I, you know, I listened to all these podcasts. I read these books. I talked to other um, physical therapists doing this model in other states that I went to school with. So, you know, I, I had to like plan a little bit before I just did it as scary as it was. And, you know, I worked in home care, physical therapy to supplement. Um, I, I did that anyways from the start, you know, simultaneously with outpatient after school to like, you know, help pay my student loans. And I continue restore physical therapy um, just to have some consistent income that I could rely on while I was growing my practice. And it was a great milestone when I could finally retire from that, that job and focus all my energy on restore. And that's when it really expanded. But um, yeah, it's, you just have a passion for what you do and makes every, it makes it easier for sure. Can you guys think of a specific situation where you know, you, you had an issue with, you know, raising your children and then how you balanced it with something that was going on at your business simultaneously. Can you guys think of a story in particular and then talk about how you solved the problem and how it changed you and how it helped affect future decisions you made? Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, well, um, I think expectations change a lot <laughs> as you have children you know you can't 
especially like right now, I have a two-year-old and a four-month-old. The time that I had when I is not the same like restore physical therapy was my baby like I put all my energy into that so just generally my I've been okay with knowing I can't put that same amount of time into restore and um so I think that has helped manage whatever issues come on like I just can't do it all the same and for example it's um our, our week could be very inconsistent or what's the word like just we don't know what's going to happen like both kids are sick and I'm like oh I can't go to work and I just I'm okay with like all right I'm going to reschedule my patients or my employee can take them on and that's just having kids (laughs) it's just like they're going to be sick for the first five years and it's going to change your week and my husband and I have just had to be okay with like that's our life right now it's not going to be it's not going to be the same every day. Things are going to pop up and we just have to kind of pivot and figure it out. And we do. And as, as hard as it can be, you know, we get through. So not a specific yeah. example, but just kind of general. That's okay. Yeah. That's a great place to be because I promise you, you're going to have lots of examples to throw. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Max knows that about me. Um, so I have three very different children who have impacted me professionally in different ways. Um, our oldest, uh, when she was 16, she, she was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome and she was paralyzed from the waist down. And that was six months after opening my practice. Um, so you can imagine, you know, the bills were starting to add up. I had brought a, an employee in and quite frankly, I had to shut down. Um, she, her medical condition was quite serious and we ended up relocating uh, to get treatment for her. So for a year, I was sort of almost two years um struggling with with balancing any of that but what I did for myself during that time was I took on pro bono clients I knew that I couldn't commit to them in the way I needed to but they were in need of any help they could get so what was great about that was when I was home and when she was well enough for me to be away from her I could sort of last minute schedule people but they understood that things were going to be canceled along the way um, and that was what I needed that, that gave me that outlet, that, that normalcy, right. In the time of crisis and having my own business, the flexibility to do that was an unexpected benefit that I just never could have imagined. Um, and then our youngest child actually has a learning disability. And so having my own practice, one of the really amazing things is that he has so far exceeded expectations of any evaluator who's ever evaluated him because he gets to take advantage of my practice. You know, he comes in five days a week and works with practitioners in our, in our practice. And that's a, a benefit I never saw coming my way. Um, I also am constantly getting asked by parents in his peer group if I can help their kids. And that's tricky. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a tricky piece, right? Because you want to help out your friends and family. Um, but there is a balance to that. So uh, that's been a struggle. And then um, the final thing that's really influenced the way I've done business in the last two years is that one of our children um, is part of the LGBTQ community. And it's really important for me that we are offering um a safe place for kids to come and get services as a speech pathologist, uh, gender affirming voice therapy is something that I knew nothing about five years ago. And I know a lot about it now. Um, 
and then sort of just putting together, you know, how do we balance all of those different things that are coming at us between, you know, politics and the media and, and, you know, efficacy and your ethical and moral code. Um, so that is a new challenge that I've taken on and it's helped expand, you know, what I need to learn about. And I actually spent five days in November at a nationwide conference. And, and that was my focus was learning as much as I could about the role of the speech therapist um, with the LGBTQ community. So yeah, I find that my kids, my passion for my kids uh, feeds into my passion for what I do and I, and I want to learn and grow from their experiences. That's actually a great transition into my next question is, has there anything been in your, that has happened in your business that has helped you in the process of raising children that you can think about in particular? Um, I think, you know, you learn like this lifelong learning, you know, there's so much um, hats we wear as an entrepreneur, you know, we both went to school to be to have a skill, but now be business owners, like we have to learn how to do that, you know? And so um, I just, yeah, I just think it's helpful because we can teach our kids, you know, it, it's a lot of things from the, the lessons we've learned and not be afraid to try something and um, take a, take a chance, take a risk. And it's okay to fail. I think failure is like how you grow and how you learn and how you, um, it's really how you find success. It's just, it's going to happen along the way and it's okay. And I think those are hard lessons to learn, but you know, where your kids, um, we lead by example, they follow what you're doing. So if you're, you know, you're happy and you're teaching your kids what you believe in and uh, I don't know, there's a lot of lessons, I guess, that they're going to learn from us. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you're spot on, Amanda. Um, mm -hmm. Our, our kids have learned a lot about empathy mm -hmm. because yes. there are times where where you might you know have a patient that needs something that just rises to the level of yes you need me right now but unfortunately there's something else I really need to do um and I think it's as a woman I love that my kids get to see me in that role I love that my kids are watching me work hard and dig deep but at the same time, like respecting that mom does have to make some tough choices and someday you're going to have to make tough choices. And so that's what I think my, my business has given to them. Um, I just want to touch on what you said about empathy. You know, I think um, you shared that you're a cancer survivor and, you know, having to go through something like that and being able to talk to your um, patients and the challenges that that took like they look at you and they're like you're one of me you know so like <laughs> I might cry just because like I'm such an emotional mother this oh, is what happens you know not you know, you. I just feel like yeah. I also you know I've had experiences in the medical field myself like personal and when you can speak mm -hmm. to that like people really they hear you they trust you and they want to work with you so thank you for sharing that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah of course now um you know, sorry, I'm going to cry. That's the other piece, right? Like, like, why do you become a speech pathologist? Why do you become a physical therapist? Because you care about people. And that's a tricky balance against being a business owner 
right? Like you have to negotiate contracts with your staff. You have to, you have to tell people that they have a bill, right? Um, you know, I struggled for a long time with, with what I was worth, right? I mean, I would be like, oh, I can do it at half price because you tell me that this is, people always walk through the door and tell me, oh, I can't afford it. But then they take, you know, $20,000 vacations and I'm going, what? Wait a minute, you know? Um, so that took me, that was a big thing for me to finally like set my prices and say, this is what I'm worth. And, uh, but the other side of that is, I think the reason people come to our practice, and, and like I said, we don't turn anyone away. Yeah. So, you know, but it, it isn't all about the money, but it, it is, there are people who can't afford the services and, and it's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, the, the, the human connection piece, that's what brings people to my office when they, you know, different people know that I've struggled or I'm the first one. If I know one of my students' parents is sick, like that hits me in a place where mm -hmm. my work might go beyond their speech and language goals that day. Right. Like there's yeah. going to be some time there where we're talking about what's really important in their life. Um, I have students I'm seeing today and, and their mom's going through something right now. And, and, you know, I, I thankfully have cars that I can transport clients in, um, but I'll drive them home at the end of their session. So mm -hmm. those are the pieces that, you know, there's this fine line between entrepreneurship and like humanity. And I think you and I are both walking through that line and, and figuring out like, when you're on one side of it and when you're on the other side of it mm -hmm. and that's like I, I wish I could have been where you are when, when my kids were the, the ages of your children um what you're doing is so brave and what you're going to give your kids because of it is amazing yeah yeah that that's really interesting you know you talk about the line between entrepreneurship and your personal life and I think what what makes people like you guys so great is that there you you say that there's a line but there really isn't like if if you're passionate about your work and you love what you do is it really different from your everyday life it's just part of your everyday life right yeah so um <laughs> right so and that's and that's what makes people like you guys so special is is that people separate work and life but when i think you can combine the two and it's just another day you know, I mean, that what makes you guys so good at it. Um, mm -hmm. And I know a lot of these topics are really difficult to talk about. And I really appreciate appreciate you guys opening up and talking about this. But I think it, it's really important for people to learn and understand. That's what this podcast is all about, is learning about these difficult life lessons and, and how to get over them. So I think we should start uh, winding down a little bit here, unless there's another topic you guys want to touch upon. Um, but I think the next great question to ask is what sort of advice would you give to, to any parent who's an entrepreneur and becoming a, a parent, you know, what, what advice would you share to those people? Yeah. You want to go first on this one? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, be okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah. It's okay to struggle. Um, and you know, when I switched spaces do, and during COVID, I had to move my office because we couldn't socially distance in the space I was in. My kids learned how to lay down laminate flooring that weekend, right? My daughter's boyfriend learned how to paint trim. Um, 
and it was not a, this was an option. It was, this is all hands on deck. If I have fed you a meal in my house, you need to get over here and help me right now, right? Um, don't be afraid to be vulnerable and be honest and say like, this is what I need right now. Because as a parent, while you might need things for your business, your kids need a thousand percent of you. And if you don't say I need help with things, you're going to come crash, just crashing down on yourself because you don't leave any space for yourself in there. Um, so I think that is probably the most important thing for me. That's, that's the lesson I've taken away. Yeah, I agree with that too. You know, it's, um, I think being really in tune to what you need, what your feelings are, um, and, you know, speaking from like a professional side too, like just really take the time to figure out what you need to stay healthy for your mind, your body, your soul, whatever that is, because you can't pour on an empty cup. <laughs> so that's, and you know, we all get guilty of it. We get, we get uh run down and sick. Like I probably have stuffy nose still for my two-year-olds coming home with the, I have chronic, you know, viruses in my house, but, um, it's just making sure you, you just take some time for yourself because there's always something to do. There's always some work to be done and, and then find the support, you know, who can help you and, and don't be afraid to ask for help is okay for sure. Cause you can't do it alone. It takes a village. And I'm grateful for family and friends that are helping me raise my kids and, and there's a place for them and it's okay. Like mothers aren't supposed to do it all. We can't do it all. So um, we have a lot of guilt. I think mothers do. We, that's something all mothers have, <laughs> but it's okay to feel guilty, but still do it anyways. Like still go out with your friends, still make time to go to the gym or go for a walk and it's okay. Your kids will be okay. So I think that's a. Well, thank agree. you. Thank you guys very much. You know, like, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's way out of my depth. So that's why I <laughs> wanted another person to come on and talk, you know, so I really appreciate Appreciate you guys coming on and, and opening up about these uh, specific topics. And uh, hopefully we help somebody out there who will listen to this podcast and uh, help them navigate this, you know, endeavor. That's definitely not going to be easy. And I've definitely learned a lot and we'll take this and apply this to my future life. And I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to come on and talk. Thank you. Thank you, Maximando. It was really nice to meet you today. You too, Jennifer. It was great. Great. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in the Knowledge is Power podcast. And if you guys want to get episodes weeks in advance, you can actually subscribe on patreon.com forward slash KIP dash POD. So weeks before all these podcasts are available on widely available platforms, you can listen to them ahead and in front of everybody else. Also, uh, if you guys have any social media prof profiles that you'd like to shout out for your businesses, I will throw them in the description of this podcast. So everybody listening, make sure to go follow them online. So thank you guys again. And thank you all for listening. And I will catch you guys on the next one.